Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this week, we're going to be talking with Amy Ellsbury as we discuss being Christian in public education. So Amy, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Can you just get us started off uh, as we normally do by just kind of sharing a little bit about yourself, whatever whatever you want to share. <laughs> sure. Amy Ellsbury, I am married my husband, David. We've been married for 34 years last week, and we have three sons, Austin, Evan, and Ben, and Evan is married to Sarah, and they have our granddaughter, Magnolia, and Ben is married to Casey, and I teach fifth grade out at Rock Creek Elementary. Let's talk about naming boys. Okay. Did you have a scheme in in mind when you named your boys? Um, Our only scheme at first was because we went to school with so many Davids and Amys, we wanted a name that was different. And then we couldn't agree on anything. We always knew his middle name would be Joseph because that's a Strittlemeyer family name. And we had a friend from high school whose father's name was Austin. And that was the first name that neither one of us disagreed on. So that became his name. And it was not popular. By the time he got to kindergarten, it was extremely popular, apparently. And he was in kindergarten with multiple Austins. When I was a teacher... We were having our kids. I never wanted to name any of our kids after anybody that I'd had in a classroom. Oh, yeah. Definitely not that either. Which makes it tough, right? You've had quite a few kids in your classroom over the years. Right. And the funny thing is, out of the three boys, the name that's been the most popular for them in class was Ben. There's lots of Bens. But the name I've taught the most would probably be Evan. Evan was really popular for for quite a few years. So three boys, I know this, but for our listeners, all of your boys are in the same business, right? Right. So we own a business called Frank's Tree Care, which they take care of trees, cut down trees, trim, trim trees, that sort of thing. When we purchased the business, it was when Evan had graduated from IU with a degree that was in that field. And so the idea was that he would run it and David would stay in his job with the parks department. And after a few months, David decided to join the business too. And then Ben was going to be a teacher. And Austin at the time was working out in Colorado using his DePaul degree to brew beer. And then he came back home and Ben graduated from Purdue with a job in social studies education and decided he didn't want to miss out and he didn't want to teach. He wanted to join the business too. So they all three work for us. Excellent. So where did the name Frank's come from? It was already the name of the company. Frank Underwood started it and David had met him when he was working for the parks department. After he passed away, his stepson was running it and that's who we bought it from. And because it was an established business, established name, we didn't want to change it. Wanted to keep the name and yep. the reputation. Tell us about teaching. Now, you've been teaching since you graduated from college? Yes. I graduated from IU in May of 89, and I started teaching right here at St. Peter's that August, teaching kindergarten. And then we moved to Illinois for a few years, and I didn't teach there. And then when I came back, I started at Rock Creek, and I've been at Rock Creek now. This will be my 30th year. And what grades? I did first grade for 10 years, and I did third grade for 10 years. And then my last third grade class, I looped. So I went third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade with that group of kids. And I've been in fifth grade ever since. Those kids graduated from high school last year. Probably an unfair question. What's your favorite grade to teach? Currently fifth grade. <laughs> Good <laughs> oh, <no>. answer. Good <laughs> answer. Right? No, I do. I, it's funny. Early in my career, I would have thought I couldn't teach the older kids, but now I wonder how I taught the little bitties. So, And everyone that teaches seems to have that favorite grade, that, and it, it is part of it's your personality and what you like to do. And, you know, a lot of people like to take care of the little kids, and other people want to make sure they can take care of themselves. It seems like those middle grades, third, fourth, fifth, they can take care of themselves, but they don't have the attitude yet of the older right, kids. Right, right. And I think fifth grade I like a lot because you're helping them really become more independent. 
you know, getting them into that middle school, you know, time. And I just love to teach math and, you know, that those upper grades, what they can do in math is so much more. Well, let me phrase this the right way. <laughs> you have deep connections in Columbus and especially St. Peter's. Yes, I correct? do. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, <laughs> if you will. I know that my grandfather was baptized at St. Peter's in 1908 as an infant. So obviously my great-grandparents were members here. I'm not sure further back than that. So he didn't go to St. Peter's to school, but my dad and his siblings did, and my brothers and my cousins, we all went here, and our boys went here. So so give us the name dropping. What's the, the family? That Streetlemeyer. All right. Yep. We've had a few people share various Streetlemeyers, and there's several branches of that clan, right? Because Dolores was here as a teacher for years. She is a distant cousin, right. yes. And not everyone with the same last name is related. Right. Yeah. But uh, uh, we've got quite a few. All the ones here at church are related. Yes. Indirectly. Yes. Dustin, uh, you want to give us a little introduction about what we've been talking about lately? We've been you know, kind of discussing looking at different careers and being a Christian in those different careers. And how do you how do you seek to live out your faith? And so we've had different guests on in different areas and obviously today in public education with Amy. So kind of just the, the opening question is, so what has your experience been like as a Christian in public education? I think that you have to be careful about what you say, obviously. And I think that I teach at a rural school and it's definitely changed over the last 30 years. The the homes of the kids that I teach. And I think I would say the percentage has definitely gone down of the families who are at least associated with the church in some way, the kids who understand when I say something about I went to church, that sort of thing. That's definitely changed. The staff that I've taught with, I would say high percentage always have been other Christian people. Now the school I teach at has a large or did have a large percentage of Mormon children because of the area that we live in. And so that, that's been different. But anyway, I think that the biggest thing is just you live out your faith and you model it. But I, I can't try to change the mindset of my students. You have to be careful. It's a public, in a public education, that's something that you have to agree to. That I mean, And I can understand that because I don't want, if my children were in school, I wouldn't want someone of a different religion trying to influence my children to that religion either. So I think it's more of a modeling it and praying for them and praying for their families. Now, you can bring up those things if they ask about yes, it. Yes, I can. Yes. And for instance, we have what's called a moment of silence every morning. We do the pledge and the moment of silence. And I tell them at the beginning of the year, you know, I will be praying for you and praying for our day. I just expect you, you know, I said, you're welcome to have your own prayers, but, you know, we're all going to be quiet like we're supposed to be. And, and I do a thing with my students every week where on Mondays I write the class a letter and then they write me back. And I will always say in my letter, we talk about our weekends and I'll say, you know, we went to church or, you know, different things like that. And I share those sorts of things in, in the letter and they can ask me questions back about it. So it, it's indirect, but it's not, you're not hiding it. No, I'm not hiding it at all. No. Now, like the other things, we hear all these different things and a lot of people that aren't in those areas extrapolate from what they hear. Can you have a cross in your classroom? Can you have any kind of religious? I think so. No one's ever told me I couldn't. Okay. You know, um, I can. I have a nativity set up at Christmas, and I know other teachers do as well. And no one's ever had a problem with that. As you were mentioned earlier, you started here at St. Peter's teaching here. What are some of the differences you've noticed between public school and parochial schools? I think, you know, the biggest one, like you talk about, is you can share your faith in the parochial school. You can pray together. You can, you know, if a student has a problem in my situation, I'm not going to say, oh, let's pray together. You know, I'm praying for that child, but I can't. If I were here, I could. I think another difference is just when you're at St. Peter's, when you're teaching in a parochial school setting, you know those boundaries. The boundaries aren't there, I think, is the bigger thing. You know, you're not as aware of 
I need to be careful what I'm saying and what I'm doing type of thing. I know the other thing, your boys all came through St. Peter's. And as a public school teacher, you have that, do, do I have the kids come to the same school I'm at and support my school? Or do I have them go to, to, the, to the faith school that I, of the church I belong to? How, did you and David discuss that? I think, of course, with our family history, it was always just a given that they would go to school here. Um, the actual... Austin and Evan actually went to kindergarten at Rock Creek because at the time St. Peter's had half day kindergarten and Rock Creek had full day. And with me teaching, it was easier that way. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't get some flack from some people. Then when they came here, I had one particular principal who said, gave me a hard time and said, I can't believe you're a public school teacher sending your kids to private school. And I'm like, well, they don't go to private school. They go to parochial school. It's a difference. And that's important to us that they are able to do that. And so that was just a choice that we made. And it was the right choice, you know, to do. And I don't ever regret it. That's for sure. What about the boys when they had to move from being at that school to a different school? Was that an issue for no, them? No, Your boys all had the easy transition. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is when they were at Rock Creek with me, Debbie Lennup, who was a St. Peter's, longtime St. Peter's member, she was their kindergarten teacher. So <laughs> so they, they had that connection. Yeah. As I remember, David was not originally a Lutheran. No, he was raised, they went to Methodist church, but not real faithfully. Yeah, he that was kind of one of my things when we were dating. I said, I'm not going to marry someone who's not going to be at church with me. And, you know, so he was baptized and before we got married and it's just always been. Were you married here at St. Peter's? Yes. And that was Pastor Brandt? Yep. In the old, oh wait, we had this discussion the yep. other day when we were standing outside. It was not in the old sanctuary. No, no, it was the uh, second summer after they opened the new one. Yeah. Second summer. So you don't, you can't make the claim to fame. You're one of the first marriages. In uh, it probably was one of the early ones, but I think it opened in 88 and we got married in 89. So yeah. Along the line with that, I'm going to expand a little bit. In your private life, you and David have been very active at St. Peter's in various ways over the years, right? Yeah, I've done, I was on the school board. In fact, I was the chairman of the school board for quite a while and then church council for nine years. Just finished that up. David's been an elder. We are worship assistants. My dad was always an usher, head of an usher team, and so we early on would usher with him. So just different things like that. We had been on I don't know I don't know how many episodes ago it was now, but talked about um, your family's involvement, especially getting Night of Praise started. Oh and yeah, all that. So yeah, you guys forgot about your, that. Yeah, <laughs> your whole family's been been huge in, in helping with the setup and logistics, and so yeah, that's that's another area. So as as we're talking about in public education. And I know you talked about trying to model it. So what are like, what are some of those things? I know you said, you know, you talk about, you may mention, you know, we went to church or things like that. Are there other things you're intentional about um, in terms of modeling or what does that kind of look like? I mean, I would hope it's things that everyone does, even if, you know, Christian or not, that you are modeling the kids how to deal with conflict with each other, how to treat each other respectfully, how to treat you know, adults respectfully. A lot of kids don't understand that. They don't treat their own parents respectfully and you have to model for them and say to them, this is how you talk to someone. This is the right thing to do, that sort of thing. With their parents, I have had parents in, when there's been difficult situations that I can say to those parents, you know, can I pray with you or I'll pray for you, that sort of thing. You can do that with the adults. I'm fine with that with the adults. I think it's just more of a modeling Christian behavior toward each other. Now, we brought this up in several with several folks in this series of talking about being Christian in the workplace. We are in a more Christian community, and so you probably haven't gotten some of the flack that you might get in another community. Is there a teacher's union oh, yeah. here? Oh, uh-huh. And that, that's BCSC? Is it's it, called um, Columbus Educators Association. Okay. And yes, actually, I'm in it. I've always been in it. When I hired on, they had something called fair share. And so whether you were in it or not, the difference in the dues wasn't much. Everyone was in it. 
Now it's not that way at all. I'm, the numbers are declining and I'm actually the representative for my building. And that doesn't mean I always agree. Definitely, even with things on the local level, I definitely disagree with many things on the national level. And unfortunately, if you're in one, you're in them all. And so I've struggled with that. Dave and I both struggle with that. It's not the money, although, you know, you're paying to be in it. It's that they have a platform that I don't always agree with. But I've stayed in it mostly because I feel like they, the people behind the scenes have done a lot for me and my job. Things that I have as a teacher, the, the benefits, I guess you could call it, but that they're insuring for me. And so... That's one reason I've stayed in it. That's an unfortunate thing. And maybe we could talk about that in another episode is the good things unions do for you as, you know, making sure you get a good salary and there's a good benefits package for you. Sometimes are outweighed by some of their political stands and some right. of the, the candidates that they back with your dues. And I know people struggle with that in a lot of places. In terms of uh, your role with that, did you say you have a leadership role in that? Or well, just- there's one person in each building who's considered the rep for their building. And so that would be me. Now, I would, I'm sure they would say I'm one of the less involved ones, but sometimes it's because I have trouble saying no to a lot of things. And so I'm over-involved in some things. And my school is small with a smaller number of teachers and a small number who have remained in the union. And so it gets to the point there aren't as many people to do some of those things. But I also feel like I haven't mentioned this, but both of my daughters-in-law teach in BCSC as well. And I'm looking toward their future too. And that's another reason I stay involved in it because, you know, I'll retire within the next 10 years, but they have a long way to go. And I want to make sure those benefits stay for them as well. There's a lot of those issues that, again, if you're not involved, you you think it's black and white, but then when you when you look at the total picture, it's not just about this political platform, but it's about benefiting those of my brothers and sisters right. that are in the same profession as me. And when you can, when you're a part of it, then you can also be someone who stands up against some things that they're doing that you don't like because you're in it. And so you can say, you know, I'm part of this, but I don't support what you're doing. And I will say there are some things in the last several years that were happening that many of us within the union said, if you're not going to stop this, we're done. And so that was good. You know, that helps too on the local level. Right. We can't can't control anything beyond that. Now, I don't remember, and, and again, maybe that's why I didn't think about a union. I, I, I don't have that connection with the with BCSE in that way. I know that the city we just came from, there were periodic strikes. Has there been a BCSE teacher strike in the past? I don't know that there's ever been one. There was one threatened, and I want to say it was back when I was graduating from college because they were right around there. They were saying, oh, we might have to bring in people who were still in college to help teach if they went. I bet I don't think they've ever gone on a strike. So you, you mentioned your, your daughters-in-law being, mm-hmm. being teachers. And as you as we talk about, you know, kind of advice or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it to somebody that's a Christian that's going into public education. So like your daughters-in-law, like what kind of advice or, or information do you give them? Encouragement do you give them as being Christians in, you know, in the public education? You know, I'm, I don't, are they at different schools? Um, actually, Casey's at my school, okay. which is confusing to some people because you have old Mrs. Ellsbury and young Mrs. Ellsbury, and Sarah's at Fadria. Wait a minute. You just called yourself old Mrs. I Ellsbury. am old Mrs. <laughs> Ellsbury <laughs> in that setting. But I think the same kind of things that I talked about, I think that they would just model Christian behavior, be caring toward their students, be supportive of any of the, par- you know, the parents and their needs. And then I think also within their own building, I don't know if I mentioned that either, but in any workplace, you can have people that can be caddy and you know and teachers are no different than that you know um and so it's the same kind of thing how can you model that behavior and I'm, I'm not saying I've been perfect with it definitely but I think that that's the sort of thing too. just make sure that you're being the kind of person 
that shows what a Christian is. Now, your daughter-in-laws, they're going to have to deal with some different issues you probably didn't have a whole lot to do with, like the nuclear family is next to non-existent in a lot of schools, and I don't know how Rock Creek is, but we're finding more and more blended families, same-sex partner families, Mm -hmm. just different family situations we've ever had before. So it it also kind of influences how you have to deal with people. It does. it's, It's interesting, the number of kids anymore which ones are even still interested in what we consider a nuclear family. Most of them have some blend of a family. And so that's been a big change for me over the years, just as families have changed, but they won't really know much different because that's what they've come into from the beginning with teaching. Uh, So let's back up a minute and go back. I should have asked you this earlier. What led you into going to education in the first place? My dad's sister, my Aunt Joanne, was a teacher. She's retired now. And just I think that inspired me in the beginning. And so I pursued it in college and decided I really enjoyed it. Went from there. I, I just think it's... You know, people, I've sat through so many job interviews on the other side, you know, there was that question, what made you want to be a teacher? And and you don't want people to say, oh, because I love children. Well, of course, we all love children. I think it's it's more, do you enjoy being with them all day long and helping them learn? And, you know, do you have a feel for that? And I think the longer you teach, the more you feel it, hopefully. Right. And that's why, you know, there's a, a talk about so many people who are leaving education and if you can't handle the way things are going on, then then you should leave because it's got to change and you, you got to adapt to it. I think the heart, you can see the heart of a teacher. It's about making a change in a child's life. It's right. not just about collecting a paycheck. It's not just about the number of hours you have to grade papers or the number. It's about changing the lives of kids. Right. So, What's best for kids? Yeah. So, so it isn't for everybody. No. I mean, it, it, it. we talk about vocations and it is a, it's a, in a way, it's a calling to serve God with that passion that you have, those talents you have. Right. And and um, we laughed because we just did VBS a couple of weeks ago here, and all three of us were the registration team. You know, we were dealing with the kids coming in and out, not actually a group of children, and people kind of laugh. Well, you're all three teachers. Well, teachers need a break from that, too. And I found a few years ago when I used to help with that side of it, and I expected them to behave the way they behaved at school, and that wasn't fair to them, and it wasn't fair to me. And so, <laughs> well, we experience that a lot. There's a lot of people that would say, "I do that all week long," whether it's teaching and we want Whatever, them to teach, yeah. or you know, somebody that's a painter and we want them to paint. There's sometimes when you like to serve outside of your yeah, do something different, do right. something different, and so you have you've done some things with leadership here and, and with worship assistance, and and I know that you and David are also involved in small group. And Bible studies, right? Also, yes, we have a small group. It's funny. We started it long, several years ago, when our youngest, our youngest, and several people's kids in this group were all high school age, but not really driving or just starting to drive out of confirmation. And we wanted them to stay and go to the nine thirty Sunday school group. And so that's when we met also, and it's just evolved. Well, now all those kids are through college, several of them married, some of them are parents. And since the pandemic, we haven't been as faithful of getting together because we have so much other things going on, but we've still stayed a tight group. And so I think that's the bigger thing, too, is that connection with those people. The, the women of the group have a constant text group going on where we check in on each other, have prayer requests, that sort of thing. We've talked before how important it is to have Christian connection. And, and going through different life stages, uh, the group that I meet with, the guys I meet with on Friday, we all started together when our kids were in confirmation because we wanted to be able to, as dads, support each other. And how do we how do we teach our kids those things that are important to us? Yeah, and I think that's cool that the 
point of you have community and maybe it changes and looks different throughout those life stages, but you still have that, that community and finding those way to adapt because we're all, we all have busy schedules, right? So it may not be, Hey, we're going to get together every single week, but having a, a, a group text chain or you know whatever, or if it's through some sort of social media thing or something, but yeah, finding those ways to stay connected, I think is, is, is cool and right. extremely important because you still have those people to rely on and say, Hey, like, can you pray for this? And you know that you're, you know, you're loved and cared for within that group. Yes. And it just looks a little different. Yeah, We've gone, you know, in the whole group, we've gone through a lot of major life ordeals, lost spouses and, you know, all kinds of things. And so it's been great to be able to support each other. And we're kind of a diverse group. I mean, we're close in, you know, within church and then outside of church, but we don't always all see each other all the time. So that's good too. We're getting close to the end. I'm going to ask you a question that's not directly related. They talk about a teacher shortage. If you knew somebody that was considering being a teacher, what's the advice you would give them on how to figure out, is this the right profession for me? I think that the, the biggest thing is you need to get in and spend some time in a classroom to see what is really going on. Get to know a teacher, know what's more, there's more to their job than what people think. People don't substitute teach as much as they used to. That was a huge thing early on. Like when I was in college, I would substitute teach because you don't, you get field experiences with teaching, but they're still not quite until the end. They aren't quite as intense. And when you substitute teach and you're at the whim of the lesson plans that were left for you and how the kids are behaving, you decide really fast whether that's for you or not and how much you want to push yourself to be in it. So just the whole idea of, oh, I love kids. I want to be with kids. That's not, there's so much more to it. So so much more to it, yeah. For me, you know, I I taught in high school for five years, and what drove me out of there was too many meetings. Of course, here I am at St. Peter's going to meetings, but uh, still able to make changes in people's life. But it is, there's a total package. It's not just, oh, I love kids. Right, there's so much more to it, and, you know, it's just part of my life now. But in the summer when I'm not thinking on Sunday, okay, what things must I do tonight in order to function well tomorrow? You know, that makes a big difference, but... But, you know, we get through it all. I, I managed to teach when my all three kids were little. It seems a lot easier now. I think I spend more time on it now than I did then. I'm not really sure why. Dustin, any closing thoughts? Well, I think just a theme that I, I kept hearing from you, Amy, is the, the modeling Christian behavior. And I think that's that's huge because um, we need, we need you know, that's part of the reason, you know, I, George came up with this idea of like looking at all these different careers because we need Christians in, in all different fields. Being able to to do those things, to model our, our Christian behavior and to model model Christ and the love of Christ to, to people is, is, is obviously so important what we're called to do. And we may not be able to share it in certain ways through word, but through deed. And so, you know, think about our five by two, think about blessing others and, you know, just being, like you said, being kind, you know, loving on the kids. And so I think you can obviously have those meaningful conversations. You can't necessarily bring Jesus into right. it, but just showing the kids that you care by, hey, how was your day? Or, you know, seeing a student's going through something, you know, a rough day or whatever and just checking in on them. Or, you know, they went on vacation and it's like, hey, how was your vacation? Yeah. I did, just those little things, I think, right. really add up. And the kids notice it when, when you know, their teacher's kind of gives a genuine interest into their lives. And so just finding those different ways, learning people's stories and, you know, kids, we, we all have a story, right? And so I'm just finding those ways to, to learn people's stories and just genuinely care for them can go a long way. And then we don't know, you know, how the Holy Spirit may work through that. And so, you know, there may be times where 
I'm sure you probably have stories of kids later on coming back to you and, and sharing how you impacted them and things like that. So um, just want to thank you for what you do and being you. in public education. And because I think St. Peter's is, has a kind of a, I don't know if it's a rare opportunity, but we have a lot of kids that maybe aren't connected with the church. But a lot of times, at least in the past, like a Christian church is a lot of the, a lot of the students probably are already going to church or, you know, whereas public school, like you said, isn't necessarily the case. And so it's, it's so important that we have people like you and your daughters-in-law yeah. in those, in those positions. So, so thank you. But yeah, George, I guess any other lasting thoughts here? You know, just I'll make a, two quick points that I remember from what Amy said. We all need to have a community that supports us. And so, again, small group is a great place for that, but our friends and, and family that are at church, but also mentoring. You know, you're mentoring those new teachers, thinking about the future as we look at growing younger, that we all need to look at how can we help the next generations, not just ourselves. So, so, Amy, thank you again for You're taking welcome. the time to, to join us. We greatly appreciate it. And to our listeners, uh, we look forward to continuing these uh, discipleship uh, discussions and hope that you keep joining, joining in. Now go out and serve God and others.